G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You know that we often take opportunities to talk about nations around the world where Christian believers are under intense persecution. Well, one of the newest nations on the face of the earth, the nation of South Sudan, has had its fair share of dreadful persecution over these past five or more years. Of course, South Sudan is known to be a Christian community nation. And when the separation came, South Sudan from the north, the North Sudanese, were primarily Muslim, and the South Sudanese primarily Christian. That doesn't mean that everything's been super happy and everything going wonderfully. There's been some real challenges. But the church's connection from Australia to the South Sudanese community is one worthy of talking about. And an opportunity today to hone in on some of those things that are issues with the Australian church touching the lives of the South Sudanese community here in Australia and thereby being able to be an influence as to the South Sudanese in Africa. A couple of guests to welcome to 2020 today. Sharon Robinson, who is the Uniting World Mission Liaison Officer. Hello, Sharon. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you. And our other guest is Elizabeth Maying. Elizabeth is part of the newer faith community in Brisbane. Her husband is Moses, and he's also the pastor of the newer faith community. Elizabeth, welcome along to 2020. Thank you for having me. Let's come to you first, Sharon. The Uniting Worlds, you are the mission liaison officer. What is this passion within you that wants to connect with the South Sudanese community? We have a South Sudanese communities within our presbytery, the South Morton Presbytery, and within the the, um, Synod of the Uniting Church in Queensland. Um, We've got to know very well, and because we have a personal relationship with them, we are very concerned um, um, for them and for... Um, their lives in in Australia and for their lives um, in South Sudan and for the lives of their families in South Sudan. And, of course, South Sudanese are no strangers to the persecution that I mentioned in the introduction. And there is a certain Christian compassion, isn't there, which wants to reach out to people whose uh, relatives uh, are being severely under pressure of persecution, even to the point where they're often being executed because of their faith. Yes, that's right. That's right. The Uniting Churches International Connections Agency, Relationships Agency, Uniting World, um, has developed a relationship um, with Presbyterian Church in South Sudan. And because of our concern for the people of South Sudan and for all that they're struggling with, um, we have um, um, developed programs with them um, to assist them um, and to resource them because they don't have the resources that they need. Um, the Presbyterian Church of South Sudan um, has really struggled. Um, its buildings were destroyed. Its leaders were um, uh, were dispersed uh, to countries beyond South Sudan and around South Sudan. 
And yet some of them have come back now because they believe that they uh, have been called by God to bring about peace within that country. And um, as they're our partners um, and we want to believe in solidarity with them, we want to um, do what we can to support them, not only in prayer but financially and in all other ways. Um, we, the, um, the uh, Uniting World, the International Partnerships of the Uniting Church, um, have um, developed uh, a project to support them. Elizabeth Mayer, you are South Sudanese and yes. you've been in Australia for more than a decade now. It must be heartbreaking to know that there are your friends and family back home who are under such intense persecution coming from those in the north and some of the civil unrest within South Sudan. Uh, it's, it's really um Something heartbroken uh, from all uh, we South Sudanese we here in in Australia and all over the world to hear all these um, uh, destroy in my country like our people are suffering now for the for the war and and then people are starving and and then there is no properly fees between of us. And and that is why now we are crying out for um, our friendly Australian people to to sit together and pray and 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 then um, give a hand together to do some things. Uh, and instead, um, to support the war is is good to to do something to support uh, our country to be a peaceful country. And. Um, um, I'm really uh, appreciate um, all Australians since this war broke out in my country. Uh, we have a, a lot of people, friends, uh, sister, brothers who died in that war, and the people who who are fighting now is um, uh, a tribe, tribe, and tribe, and which is not good to us to to die in this moment because we've been. Uh, suffering for so long, um, we're fighting to the north because we want uh, our independent to live peacefully and our children to be happy like others' country. But that not happen now. It um, bring a lot of suffering uh, when our people have uh, independent in in two thousand and and eleven, and and then those people now they uh, they start fighting and then because there is no good education and those who are leading the country, they don't understand between the politics and and the civilian. And now all the civilians are suffering, are running to the camps, and the kids are dying, and the old women everywhere are suffering. And that is uh, our broken heart here. And even we don't sleep properly, well, we send money back home to support those people who are still alive. And that's why Uniting World um, uh, put his hand up to support uh, South Sudanese. And, and we done this um, dinner on Saturday, and that dinner is a very um, first, first one for our first uh, project of South Sudan, which um, collect all people in different uh, tribes, like uh, that night, there's um, uh, uh, Denka community leaders and other Sudanese leaders came in.
to support peace because we want to see South Sudan to be a peaceful country. We don't want them to die like that. You mentioned dinners. If I come to you, Sharon, Mm. dinners have been an important way of Mm. bringing together members of the South Sudanese community. And there are South Sudanese people uh, in various communities around Australia. Uh, You'd like to see some way of actually uniting all of those people from South Sudan. Yes, yes. Um, It's actually uh, a vision of, um, it was a vision of of, uh, Pastor um, Moses Leth, Elizabeth's husband from the New Faith community. At Cooper's Plains, it's been a vision of leaders in the um, Assembly of the Uniting Church, and um, it's been a vision of uh, those from Uniting World who have actually travelled to South Sudan and sat with the people of the Presbyterian Church of, of South Sudan to bring um, the tribes and the communities together. Um, perhaps um, um, representing something of what might be in the future of um, peace and reconciliation, Elizabeth. It was such a time of optimism when South Sudan was declared its own nation, separated from the north. There you were, a Christian nation uh, with all of that aspiration to have good things. Well, things haven't gone so well. Are these just pains of the birth of a nation? And you would know of the historical difficulties and the challenges in Africa. Do you see things getting better in the times to come? Actually, in my view, what I think, uh, I, I see South Sudan is not a failed state because those people who have been fighting now, they are brothers and sisters. Like me, I'm from those people. I'm from Denka. Uh, I'm not from Nui, but I'm married Nui. Uh, and then the way I see, I still think maybe because it's a new nation, there is a, a lot of reaction because people came from the bush where they don't have money, where they're struggling, and when they get the country, uh, they forgot everyone want to have something, and then the conflict start. And the the big thing, because they don't know the difference of politics, they mix the politics, civilian, uh, and those people who are in politics. And whoever I argue with someone, I have to have my fellows like brothers and sisters to come and help me because I said those people done this to me and this to me. They use it at the way they done it in the bush before because they are rebel before. And now it's uh, very hard to get the nation, to bring the nation together. So they have to learn. It will be a learn like the, the fighting now is a lesson from them because they didn't get a good result. Even though they have money now, and then they lost everything, and they lost people, and they lost brothers, and I hope this lesson, I think there will be a peaceful will come. There's a learning curve, and while there's a death toll that goes along with that, that's where it's very, very challenging, where there's infighting amongst those tribal groups within the South Sudanese, and there's the threat that comes from the persecution of those Islamists in the north. We're talking about South Sudan, and today, South Sudan's secret peacemakers. And Sharon Robinson with us, Uniting World Mission Liaison Officer, and over the past decade, they've linked with the Presbyterian Church in South Sudan, and great to get some insights today. We're back with more in just a short while. 
We're talking about South Sudan, a Christian nation. And just to the south of North Sudan, which is an Islamic nation, and there was, of course, all sorts of celebration uh, just a short while back when South Sudan was appointed as its own uh, sovereign entity, a nation uh, that was separated and became a Christian nation. Uh, Our two guests in the studio, Sharon Robinson, who's Uniting World Missions Liaison Officer, and Elizabeth Mayang, who is with the Newer Faith Community in Brisbane. Elizabeth from South Sudan, and we're talking through the issues there. Elizabeth, if I come back to you, there is a rich history and even an Australian connection to history of the Nuba people from the Nuba Mountains, which is a neighbouring people to the Newer people and the people group that you've come from. And Australians don't necessarily always appreciate this connection, but Australian missionaries took the gospel to the Nuba people over a 100 years ago, and there was a wonderful reaction and a wonderful uptake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of that obviously is filtered through into other parts of Africa as well. But when we talk about what's going on in South Sudan now, tribe against tribe, Christian against Christian, uh, the way that those things can be resolved, the peacemaking of these coming times into the future are going to have to come back to some of the principles that we'd understand from God's word in the Bible. The way we, we South Sudanese, um, we are thinking to have a peaceful uh, to each other, like we have to forgive each other. Like um, the fighting now is between tribe and tribe. They start from Nui and Denka, and now it's not Nui and Denka only. They include many because South Sudanese have 63 tribes. And now those tribes, they have been affecting for that fighting because the biggest tribe is Denka and Nui. They are the biggest tribe in South Sudan, and the rest are very small. And now those people are they've been affected for that two people are fighting each other. So the way we see we South Sudanese, like when war break out, a lot of people isolate each other because uh, people, they don't like your animal because uh, people are fighting. Uh, My uncle been killed, my brother been killed. And those people, we need to bring them together like yesterday when they came on Saturday, uh, no one know they will come. But for the call of God, they came in because we are belong to South Sudanese. No one will go away from us. We still sit together, we fight, and we sit together. Those two tribes, they fight long time ago. They uh, have uh, trouble with uh, cattle. The, those group come and take the cattle and another group go and take the cattle and they fight each other, but they don't kill women and children. But the moment they are very worse, they are killing each other, women and kids and whatever, even no cattle, the fighting is just going on and all going on. And the point is, South Sudanese is a peaceful people. They like to be peaceful. They like to stay together, even though I kill someone. I'm still coming back for a while to you and then sit together. So we need to be together now. And Australian people want to help us to do this, to be calmed down, and we have to pray because God 
um, he's really love all of us and love uh, South Sudanese nation to be a good country and they give the kids chance to come up. Elizabeth, are the, are the leaders talking to one another? Is there a formal peace dialogue that's going on between leaders in South Sudan? They did done it. They did done it uh, in August on fifteen August last year, and then and then they, the 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 revel went in on July uh, on April last year for the fees because they make the fees. To let them to be together, and then the rebel will be the vice president of the prison. And then something get wrong. We never know what happened on 11 of July, on uh, the 9th of July this year. The fighting broke out, and then the rebel ran away. And uh, there is no more communication. And the hope we think that the feed species already clapped, uh, and now the rebel is not talking with the the the. The president of South Sudan, and uh, and then they take another person who is called uh, Tabanding guy, is the one who uh, the vice president now from Nue Group, and 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 now they say there is a fees, but we are looking like now there is no fees. The fighting is still continue, nothing changed. Sharon Robinson, as Uniting World Missions liaison officer, there's care for people, and it's that love that can often come with the extended arms of Christians Mm -hmm. and support for people who are going through dreadfully tough times. Mm -hmm. Is there a level of advocacy at a diplomatic level that Uniting World is involved in as well that that may be able to participate in some of the ways that this conflict could be resolved? Part of the the work of the peacemakers um, in the Presbyterian Church of the Uniting World is um, to lead public advocacy. And it's also to keep leaders accountable for their actions and to keep them on the peacemaking process. So um, uh, I know that that is happening there um, uh, in terms of in relation to Uniting World and and um, those leaders. I'm not sure. Sorry, I can't answer. But the way that you can be supportive of those processes that are going on, I guess, mm. is to support uh, in whatever way you can prayerfully and yes. practically uh, for people who are interested in what's going on in South Sudan. Yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. Um, um, you can support through this Peacemakers Project, Uniting World's Peacemakers Project, and if you'd like some information about that, you can look on our Uniting World website um, and if you Google Uniting World, you'll find it'll come up very easily. Um, the, the the peacemakers in, um, if I could just outline what they're doing so people can understand what, what they are doing, they're caring for um, the people who have been traumatised by the war, um, they're tr- teaching forgiveness and healing um, and that kind of forgiveness and healing that only comes from God. Um, through many tribes, they model and preach the love and unity that springs from the Spirit of God. Uh, as I said, they're leading um, public advocacy and keeping leaders to account. They're training teachers and rebuilding schools um, uh, because they believe that education is, children's education is so important and it is one of the answers to a sustainable peace in the future as well. Um, supporting um, traumatised and destitute women, particularly because women have been um, um, dealt with badly, um, and uh, counselling. Um, and providing livelihood um, needs and so forth. 
and providing all sorts of humanitarian aid. That's what the peacemakers in South Sudan are doing and they are the people that we are supporting. And um, we're asking people um, to help in that support because the churches, the people of the churches of South Sudan don't have any resources at all, as you can imagine. The church itself lost its resources. They're now coming together to try and rebuild. And um, they have this vision of God's. And uh, we are well-resourced people who can assist them to carry to bring that vi- to fulfil that vision. Elizabeth Maying, as a member of the newer faith community in Brisbane, and uh, your husband Moses, uh, he's the pastor of the church that you're with. How would you hope that Australian people might pray for your people in South Sudan? Uh, what ways do you encourage people to be on their knees before God, expecting an amazing spiritual breakthrough and peace to come into your land? How do you hope we'd pray? Um, we hope we pray because if people are praying, the God will hear them. And Australian people really, uh, they, did, uh, they did their best to pray for South Sudan. It's not only just for now. Since the war break out, all we feel more welcome that men we are with people. All the churches have been praying for South Sudan. Even though there is no Sudanese there, you still they put the prayer on, on their way when they are praying. So the help of uni- uniting world will help South Sudan to be a peaceful country. Um, I, I mentioned like um, last year when... Um, they lead it from here because I don't know the name. They went home and then they met um, the moderator of uh, uh, Presbyterian Church and they tell them, yeah, the thing we need now, we, we need your prayer and we need your help for peace because we, are, we don't have anything in our hand to bring people together, to take transport, to go to uh, village to the village to let people know Calm down, sit down, we are here, we are one people. And then they preach the word of peace to the people to understand. So that's why Uniting World took this uh, sharp thing to be done on the right way, like what happened now in Sharon Dietol um, before. So I hope uh, for, for Australian praying will help South Sudan, and, and we really believe on it. Because God will help. It starts with prayer, being on our knees, and then those practical ways of support are going to be so necessary in a war-torn country, South Sudan. Our two guests, Sharon Robinson, Uniting World Missions Liaison Officer, and Elizabeth Maying, who's part of the newer faith community in Brisbane. And let me give that website for you to make contact and if you'd like to participate in or find out more details about dinners that are going on around Australia to unite the South Sudanese community in Australia, it's unitingworld.org.au. That's unitingworld.org.au. To you, Sharon, and to you, Elizabeth, thank you so much for sharing your hearts with us today here on 2020. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to do so. Thank you for your opportunity. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.